Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24/7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at bluenile.com, bluenile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Force Center Reacts. Our second one this week, <laughs> because there's a lot of Star Wars news. So the main show, we'll have that as always on Tuesday. We got a good one coming up. We just uh, took a dive into a lot of Star Wars news. But because of our recording schedule, you guys know, Joseph, Jennifer, and I can't always be in the same place at the same time to deal with this breaking Star Wars news. So, Joseph Scrimshaw, you're here. We wanted to get together to dive into some of the news that's broken this week. That's right. Everything is broken. 
I mean, it's good. I mean, the news is breaking, 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 breaking. breaking. No, it's really a truly insane amount. It and is. it was, like, like you said, we, we pre-recorded an episode that's going to come out on Tuesday. It's a good episode. And then right. there'd be a little bit of news like, oh, well, that's too bad. We'll get, uh, 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 like, okay, we have to record a four set of reacts right now. <laughs> and I was fortunate enough, uh, I guess, being unemployed has its benefits now. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, I was sitting there and I could I could record a Spotlight Star Wars on, on uh, some of the news uh, about Benioff and Weiss, and we're going to dive into that. And this this news, well, that's the big one. And then Iger kind of, what you're calling, what, you, what do you call it now? IgerCon, <laughs> because things used to get announced at Cele- Star Wars Celebration or right. San Diego Comic-Con. Now it's like Bob Iger rolls out of bed and is like, I want to tell some investors something, <laughs> so take it, oh, IgerCon. Stock investments, and uh, at least he's not talking to Bitcoin people. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that so you get this sense sometimes that this news, not leaks out because it's from Bob Iger, but just kind of like... Uh, Lucasfilm and everyone playing catch up on yeah. some of their own news. Yeah, that it, it's Bob Iger telling the money people what they got coming up, yeah. and then obviously that would leak. So Lucasfilm is getting on top of it. But I do think it's a. We'll talk about it some more. I think it's really impacting how people are absorbing the news. Yeah, because I don't think it's the optimal time for fans when these things are being released. Right. It's just we have to release them because Bob said. Bob said. Bob said. And there's a lot of questions around this news, the TV shows, Benioff and Weiss series of films. Uh, should Star Wars be R-rated? What are they doing? And uh, I think we should, we'd should. we be remiss, Joseph, if we didn't start with some, some kind of, uh, I guess, controversy around this decision to hire Benioff and Weiss. Uh, D.B. Weiss, David Benioff, showrunners of Game of Thrones. I am a giant fan of that show. I cover it. You're a giant fan of the show and uh, have talked about it and covered it other places too so uh and jennifer we should say jennifer could not be here today because of this uh, recording schedule but uh she has a a statement we're going to read here in a second about her thoughts on it so uh, without it without uh you know dancing around it joseph the diversity behind the scenes is being called into question for star wars yeah uh on camera they've done amazing things always have ways to go we know that but no one can say lucasfilm hasn't tried to change some of the in front of the camera Hiring practice. There is clear progress. Yes. Yeah. But behind the scenes, there's been questions. Yeah, absolutely. And this doesn't uh, help soothe some of those thoughts? Yeah. How would you say that? Yeah. I mean, I think it is kind of a, a, a two-whammy. Uh, two uh, uh, it, it's mm. an announcement of even more uh, white men. Yeah. And it is uh, white men who I, in my opinion, while I think they're great artists, and we're going to talk about all the possibilities of what they might bring to Star Wars, mm. that they have a history of being tone deaf. At the yes. least of being tone deaf. Uh, that's my personal feeling of how they've yeah. handled some of the gender and some of the uh, sexual politics of Game of Thrones right. on air. And, and their comments make me feel like, oh, they, they need to listen and they need to catch up. And I yeah. think it's some examples they have. And then on top of that, there's the show that they were going to do or maybe still going to do yeah, yeah, yeah. after Game of Thrones, uh, which was about if slavery had never been abolished and it was still going on in the modern day. Right. Which, again, I think... Hey, maybe wait for the show, see what the show is. But again, to me, it's tone deaf to say right now yeah. in very heated times where people are really fighting for representation in some circumstances, fighting for their physical safety mm-hmm. to come out and say, hey, this would be a fun you know, bit of fantasy right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's yeah. talk about slavery at a time of great political and mm-hmm. social upheaval and consciousness about race. This sounds like some fun entertainment. It's just kind of... Tone deaf. Yeah, that, that's the phrase I keep going back 
too as well. Tone deaf makes sense, and uh, and tone deaf with the announcement. And and look, uh, I and I talked about on Spotlight Star Wars reacting to this. Like I generally like this news. Excited of this news. There's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. And and rest assured, we are going to crawl into this Star Wars bubble uh, and, and dive into this in just a few minutes. But uh, we have to. You have to address this because this has been going. Twitter Twitter spirit has been going crazy. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah. I think tone deaf is this is is the thing because Disney's aware of it or Lucasfilm whoever because they're also the next day saying oh don't worry we hired some women and people of color as well too we're just not telling you about it <laughs> which is i i take his face value as true but it's like then you're aware that your announcement was cumbersome at best yeah and this is where i think we get into iger con um, yes because so there's a, the rumors that i think were published originally by what is it tech the blast tech <laughs> crunch your tech blast uh <laughs> jeff snyder right Oh, tracking board. Just tracking board. Tracking board. As, board. As, our, our, what yes, an asshole yes, I am. And as yes. none of those words I was making fun of in the title. <laughs> tracking board. Tracking board. It's not uh, yeah, so some rumors that some people are talking that the, the hires have been made, but the projects aren't ready. Right. Which that makes me go to, like, okay, is this all the clunkiness of making announcements for investors, not for audience? Yes. And, and that and that may be where a lot of this comes down to. We don't know the inner inner workings. There's there's a lot a lot going on. But yeah, Bob Iger says it. Oh, hey, by the way, we got uh, Benny Alfred Weiss, Game of Thrones. You like them? They're going to do that. That's not Bob Iger's voice, I know. Um, and then if you're Lucasfilm, going no, because no. we want to announce uh, Reed, what's her name, Reed Moreno. Uh, yeah, we want to announce Moreno, this. Yeah. We we've got stuff going on. Maybe that's the case too. I'm totally willing. I think we should give everyone the benefit of the doubt in this day and age. It's 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 tough uh, sometimes, but um, yeah. That so I had that feeling too. Uh, to be, if I'm being blunt and honest, where the announcement came out and I went, "Ooh, that's probably not right at this time." Not that they aren't right to be hired. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear, I'll be blunt. I'm currently a white man looking for a job in Hollywood, so <laughs> I hope you can still hire me. You know, yes, but but I'm always looking for a job. Yeah. If anyone would like to hire me, <laughs> for yeah. But it just. You can't deny that it was, oh, here we go again. Yeah, and I think it is this, uh, it's hard to pick apart because it is two issues. It is Mm -hmm. any other white man before any uh, person of color or woman Mm -hmm. is announced as being a major creative force. Right. So that's one thing, and then their track record is another, yes, and then yeah. you put them together, then it becomes just a stew of emotions and concerns, which yes. is understandable. Understandable. And so we did want to read a statement from Jennifer. Jennifer, Her voice is uh, obviously so valuable to this conversation in Force Center here, but as life works out sometimes, she was out of town at the time of this recording. <laughs> but she had posted some stuff on Twitter, and hey, uh, Shocker, unfortunately, received a stupid amount of bad Twitter responses. None from our Force Center fans, no. I'm sure. We hope not, but um, this is... Also, the time we we're in too, where uh, a good heartfelt opinion and feeling gets put out there, and um, uh, shame on those people. Yeah, I wish I could. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes from Jane Silent Bob strike back and go to their house. And yeah. Punch them. Well, here's a fun thing to do: is what I what I'm now doing when I want to procrastinate is yeah. I look at a, a friend's mm-hmm. Twitter feed and see if uh, anyone is being if they're being attacked yeah and then i just spend some time looking at those people and then uh reporting them if they're say actually oh. violent or uh blatantly racist uh, and sexist things and it's uh, just a real fun way <laughs> to use your time it really good, is it's a good hobby yeah good. i feel like admiral Radis. let's report 
Let's stop reporting those feeds. <laughs> Anyways, Jennifer has released a, a statement to us here and uh, wanted us to read it. So she says, hi, everyone. And I'm, I promise I'm not going to do a Jennifer Landa <laughs> impersonation. She says, hi, everyone. I'm sorry I can't be there, but I wanted to share my thoughts on all the big news. The fact that we will be getting more than one Star Wars TV series is incredible. Soon we'll be swimming in this glorious pool of Star Wars content. As a fan of Game of Thrones, I was initially excited to hear that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss will be joining the Star Wars universe, but then I felt a pang of disappointment. While they are a talented team, I have concerns about some of the projects they have been developing, specifically because of the way these projects look at race. That being said, I have faith in the Lucasfilm team, Lucasfilm team, and I look forward to seeing the point in time in the Star Wars mythology Benioff and Weiss will be exploring. I have also heard rumors that Lucasfilm has also hired multiple women and people of color to write and direct Star Wars films and projects. However, they are keeping it quiet for now in order to protect those creators from the angry mob online that has been so vocal lately. When I heard this rumor, I didn't understand why Lucasfilm would want to hide this exciting news. But then I looked at some of the troubling comments in my Twitter mentions lately and thought, okay. Let's keep it a secret for now. So that is Jennifer's statement there, and I and I, and I think it, it 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 is in line with ours, Joseph. Where this, yeah, this is exciting news. Yeah, just you can't. So things have social ramifications. These yes, days. yeah, and I guess the bottom line is we can absolutely guess and hashtag speculate responsibly, but mm-hmm. we don't know why Lucasfilm is not making these announcements. Right. If the I guess it's maybe that the projects aren't ready to go. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they're not ready to be presented to the money people. There's some contract that hasn't been fully signed. But I hope those announcements are coming soon because I think it'll go a long way to getting us back to focusing on the the, the stories inside the world of Star Wars instead of the the drama of creating Star Wars. Yeah, they have enough drama there themselves with (laughs) everyone questioning their decisions. And and look, final thought on me, for me on it is uh, Lucasfilm itself is – Generally, when you see it as a pr- very diverse thing, they, they talk often. Pablo Hidalgo tweets often about, uh, I think there's more women there than men at times. They're, yeah. they're making great strides. So uh, I, I, I want to take that comment away from anyone out there who might come back at me and say, but, 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 yeah, yeah, but, but, but. But this is a giant public-facing story. Yeah. And, and in this day and age, I can tell you from when I was working at other channels, uh, you have to be wary of your decisions, your hiring practices, but then also – how you present some of that stuff. And and that, to me, wasn't the case here. Absolutely. And I will add the other caveat uh, so we don't get it as a comment. Mm-hmm. We're well aware that Kathleen Kennedy is steering the ship, and she is a woman, and that's great. Yeah. But that's not the creators. You know, mm-hmm. that's not the, the writers and the directors. Mm-hmm. And the other caveat that everybody is saying in these issues is, that, you know, Benioff and Weiss have been announced as the writers, producers. So yeah. maybe there are great opportunities for directors. We understand all these things that this is a, the beginning of a story. Mm-hmm. And this is just a kind of gut reaction that we have to do. And I'm, I'm very excited and excited to talk about what they'll yeah. be doing. But I do feel it's important to get the caveats out there. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. And I'm one of those, hey, wait to figure it out type of people. Uh, very much so. But yeah, <laughs> It's Star Wars. Yeah. The world is watching. <laughs> exactly. And we're going to be watching for a long time as we climb into the Star Wars bubble and talk about this stuff here, Joseph. We don't know the TV shows particularly yet. They're keeping that, as we know, behind, behind the closed doors. But this is what we know. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are doing a new series of movies. Yeah. And that is a key phrase. Yeah. Not a trilogy. Not two. Yeah. Could be. Technically a series. Series. Could be 87. Could be 87. (laughs) And this is just leading us down the path of 
irresponsible speculation. Oh, yeah, let's go crazy. So let's do it because there, there's a lot of excitement. These guys do understand lore. They understand complex characters. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I am, as you guys know, I am a fan. I study it. I, 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 I host shows about it. I love Season 7 of Game of Thrones. I like a lot of the decisions. Season 7 had some of the bigger... Oh, okay. They made that decision because they're outside the books. But yeah. um, I grew up in uh, the '80s. Season seven was uh, four hundred times better than anything in the '80s on television. <laughs> Doesn't excuse everything. It was better than V. Yes, <laughs> V. Fall guy, Knight Rider. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Airwolf. So I have a lot of excitement. What they're going to bring to this? Yeah. Now, Joseph, your thoughts on their ability to tell complicated stories, and is Star Wars about complicated stories? Does this yeah. sync up well? I mean, I think they have done a great job telling a complicated story. Obviously, they've had uh, the actual books as guidelines for all that. I think where they have really been impressive right. is telling the story of war and strife and the politics behind it and making it all personal. Yes. And telling, uh, uh, making the battles exciting, every single fight ever on Game of Thrones. Nobody ever rolls their eyes and goes, Ugh. Just more CG, blah, 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 because it's always so incredibly well-motivated and you care so much. And that is exciting when you think of it in terms of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, the battles, the battles. I keep thinking of the battles. Now, granted, they had great directors. Miguel Sapochnik is one of the ones who handles a lot of the big ones, big battles, Battle of the Bastards, Hard Home, that kind of stuff. And he's directing... Like two episodes, I think, like three and four. So a lot of anticipation of like, those are the big battles in season eight of Game (laughs) of Thrones. So, you know, maybe they choose someone like him. Maybe Michelle McLaren comes in and and, and they go, David Nutter is another one of their choices who does a lot of work for them. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But what when you hear this news and you hear series, Joseph, what gets you excited about that? A series a little open-ended that it doesn't have to be a trilogy, that maybe it is two movies, maybe it is four movies, maybe it's we make the first movie and then we decide how many movies we need to tell the story Mm -hmm. that we started telling. I like that it doesn't have to be always a trilogy, that that's always the way because it makes it just narratively, Mm -hmm. you break up the three-act structure if it's four movies or if it's two movies and then a spinoff of those first two movies or whatever it's going to be. I think they need to leave themselves up a little bit more open-ended than just one shot standalone in trilogy and nothing else in between. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. That's a different way to, I I hadn't actually stopped to think about it that that way. The story can go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just structurally, what are they going to do? So that excites me. Yeah. Um, I I think another thing about their storytelling, thinking about game of Thrones that excites me is that, uh, and I know some of this is baked into the books, but they executed it well is the characters who are dark and grim and wounded Mm -hmm. but are still damn funny. I get excited when I think about the hound with a lightsaber. Yeah. Because there's a possibility that that they might get a little grim dark. Yeah. But any concern I have is balanced out when I think about things like I drink and I know things or the hound's great... uh, effing chickens line uh whole are you gonna eat that chicken scene which again i know is partially from the books but they executed it well as showrunners and as showrunners understand from the big picture you need that humanity Mm -hmm. you need that levity of like the coolest badass killing everybody within Mm -hmm. miles still might stub their toe and have a flaw and have a funny line and be human yeah. while they're being a badass. I mean, I, I really think they did a good job taking what George R. R. Martin wrote, and as I said on Spotlight Star Wars earlier this week, in, intentionally written to be 
unadaptable. George yeah. did not want anyone to turn this into a movie or a screen, so they succeeded. But then they add layers, so Tywin and Arya in season two is one of my favorite things. It's not a book thing at all. And it's some of the one, one most wonderful stuff. Tywin, yeah. Tywin has some, some somehow a softer side, um, a funny side, a stern side, but she's sassy but also respectful and fearful of time and it's it's such a way and that is their creation yeah so yeah if you're gonna get a dark lord of the sith or whatever we're gonna get and there's something different to him i, I think that's good for modern the uh, modern uh, star wars storytelling yeah absolutely absolutely you know? not that vader didn't have layers no but i mean he's he's 12 minutes of a new hope right yeah. i mean the our storytelling and uh what audiences want is developing right right now questions of what when where why and how these stories are going to be and uh, we also want to touch upon some concerns so uh, sometimes that goes hand in hand for me what are your what are your concerns up front i will join the chorus of people screaming old republic i I, want it i want it and i i want it Mm -hmm. i think these guys are great for it and i think it is the most logical thing i've been predicting it for a while that when they're done with the skywalker uh saga uh, that they will do an Old Republic trilogy. I was pleasantly surprised when Ryan Johnson was announced, and he has said again and again, it's not going to be no, anything I mean, you have ever heard of. Right. The galaxy's big, and I'm making up something new. That doesn't sound to me like, uh, yeah, it's still Old Republic. <laughs> uh, I just feel like yeah. it is so obvious from a marketing standpoint. If you're an old Star Wars fan, by old I mean like eight, and you played Knights of the Old Republic, if you already know the Old Republic, mm-hmm. You're dying for it. Mm. And if not, the marketing is, hey, hey, you, you, you guys seen the Star Wars movie? You know, like Jedi and Sith, they have different colored lightsabers. One's good, the other's bad, and, and then they fight. Right. It's a war between them. <laughs> armies of them. It's armies of them. That's exciting. That's easy to market. It's so, it, it, I just kind of feel like, come on. And it's yeah. exactly what they have done with Game of Thrones. They have told giant political war stories where people have wrestled with Mm -hmm. the nobility. What does it mean to be a knight? What does it mean to be a king or a queen? All that stuff translates really well to what does it mean to be a Padawan? Well, you know, what does it mean to be a Sith? I I can try to be a great Jedi and other people going like, that's not a thing within the context of the storytelling. Well, there's a war. I mean, it's just so rich and it matches up with Game of Thrones. It really does. Like when, when, when this was announced and I'm searching my feelings for what I feel, I, I've believed and predicted that Old Republic would be on TV in a, this streaming series, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but this announcement comes so far out of left field. Now, I'll be honest. I had, it wasn't the first time I had heard this, that they would be attached to it. Like okay. it there were some grumblings, but it was like <laughs> foggy, distant past memories of like, okay. oh, I heard that they might be up for something or something. You know, you hear some things in this industry. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't like, what? Um, but... It was a surprise because I had been gearing up for TV. Said, "Here, this is movie." I, I think maybe this could be a situation. Speculating irresponsibly that maybe the old Republic was going to be TV, and suddenly they were like, "We well, you know who's the good TV guys. Let's bring these guys in here." Hey, you want to have a meeting? You want to put this on Disney streaming? No, how about theaters in theaters? Yeah, actual theaters. Yeah, and I think I think it makes sense. It's hard for me to turn away from them doing an old Republic series. Yeah. Speculating irresponsibly, yeah. that tracks with the little bit of information and quotes we actually have that, that Iger, uh, Jennifer quoted it in her, her yeah. uh, statement, uh, that they're working at a specific point in time in the Star Wars mythology, which mm-hmm. is totally opposite from Ryan Johnson going, like, yeah. I'm going to a place you've never heard of because I haven't made it up yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, point in time in Star Wars mythology. And I think Iger also got a question, or somebody else did, mm-hmm. about um, 
were they interested in developing for television? You just said, they talked to me about movies, so we're doing a movie. Yeah. So that makes sense, too, if they came off making, like, the most cinematic television show that has ever existed. And, like, we would like to make some cinema in the damn cinema, please. <laughs> yeah, not streaming, not this, not that. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's the reason for excitement. I, I've, I've said a lot here on Four Center that I'm not a huge Old Republic guy. I'm intrigued by it. I think we're going to get those stories eventually. And I, I will be looking at it with brand new eyes. You yeah. know, I've read one Darth Bane novel, and I liked it, and the new canon hit, and then I... Had to start reading all the other books. You <laughs> yeah. know, and I haven't finished the Bane series. Carpetian's a great writer. It was, it was entertaining. So whether it's him, Revan going back, or whether it's some completely new character. That's the thing. is like they can just – it can be brand new. Or since these guys are the, the reigning uh, rulers of adaptation, mm-hmm. it could be that they are going to do basically like a Thrawn to the Old Republic. They're maybe going to take some of the characters, some of the elements, and they're right. not going to do an exact uh, adaptation. But they're going to create these things and – Use these these building blocks of characters that are established and play right. with them. And I love you know when Leland Chi tweets out not too long ago like oh you can't imagine what EU characters are coming back you know yeah. that could be that could be everything it could be a comic book a sticker book yeah, it could be Will, Will Rohood yeah. yeah yeah it could be Will Rohood yeah exactly <laughs> Will Rohood is coming I mean that's the one we want now um, but to hear him say that and then you have something like this it's like you know that does it attach to something like that. Or is it something that Leland was working on more, maybe in Forces of Destiny or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. That, But it's intriguing. That's what it starts. You're in that Star Wars nerd bubble, and, and you start getting the excitement because the, the world is a possibility here. But what's interesting, Joseph, is we've got a series of films. And Ryan Johnson has this mystery trilogy that yeah. I, I think even Ryan's still like, well, what do I do? <laughs> Man, they said yes. So that's at least... Let's say at least six films, possibly more, with this yeah. quote series from Benny Hoffman Weiss. The question I think we should naturally have is: Well, what about our standalone films? What about our Star Wars stories? I think that that's honestly one of the things that gives me a little trepidation about mm-hmm. all of this because I like the idea of standalone films, and I hope that they are not abandoning them entirely. I can right. see how, from a marketing perspective, maybe it would be easier to be like, "Hey, in twenty twenty one." Ryan Johnson's new trilogy begins. Right. And then in 2022, here's the Old Republic, and they're, you know, really uh, separate and easy uh, to identify things, and then you're just marketing these two things, and it's not like Mm. every other Mm. four months. Because I think the problem is they they want to do what Marvel has done. Yes. Marvel is unprecedented because Marvel has adapted the comic books. Right. And it, I know some people have Marvel fatigue, Mm -hmm. but... Because they are adapted from characters that are meant to interact. Captain America doesn't become Captain America truly until he fights with Tony Stark. Like, these characters reflect off of each other, Mm. and they are meant to be on this ongoing story. Right. So I don't have moral fatigue when I go and see, like, oh, it's basically like if I see a movie in April and then I have to wait until... June right. uh, to see it is like oh it's like the next issue of the comic book is out right and Star Wars doesn't have a way to replicate that where they're not rebuilding the marketing machine right every time I, yeah and see I, I'm glad you said that because it's known I'm not a big quote superhero guy but Marvel's done an amazing thing and I watch them and I get and I totally love what you're saying like it makes sense that Marvel has three movies a, a year yeah. because it's not. It's all one big thing, in a sense, essentially. Yeah. Star Wars, it, it isn't like that. And 
Um, I don't know if at times I've, I don't know if I want it to be like that. I do. I want canon to connect up more. This is a conversation that's been going around the Star Wars Twitter sphere later. Yeah, lately, uh, like oh, you know, things need to matter. The comic books. I think they do, and I don't. I get from a professional business standpoint why you know uh, Idrio two tubes and Benthic two tubes appear in Rogue One, and that's kind of all we need them. You know, yeah. we don't need in the solo story. Oh, the Egg Brothers are over here. <laughs> um, we, we're not getting that necessarily. Uh, little tiny things here and there, I understand, but I'm okay with it thus far. A little more connection's fine, but I it is it is different. It connects up in a different way. Luke Skywalker mentioning Darth Sidious was enough to make me get giddy. Yeah, you know, so it is it is different, but it, I but that's why I wouldn't want these standalone films to go away because Obi Wan. Oh yeah, Wan or Obi Wan. I hope that Obi. none of this is bumping Obi Wan. I hope that's one of the projects that they just can't announce right. for some reason yet, right. and I don't know why. Come on, announce. It already, um, but mm. I, I I think it, it's just we haven't given this experiment. I think as a community, it's not it's not done. Mm. The mm-hmm. first phase of new Star Wars is the saga completing and seeing right. at two to three standalone movies. Yeah. And I understand like the way the Star Wars machine works, the way the Hollywood machine works. You you gotta keep announcing these things. But I feel like it, it is like a scientist making like half of you know, some scientific experiment right. and before they even see it, well, if it did, it did it turn green and bubble, <laughs> they're off like, oh, well, what about this? <laughs> and like, part of the lab's on fire. And like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. I yeah. know it's the, the way it has to be, but that's how it feels to me is we don't know yet. We don't know how the standalones land. We don't know yeah. how they feel. Maybe it would be nice to have big continuing adventure like we're going to get from mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dan and Dave and Ryan Johnson. And then every once in a while, like, oh, by the way, Here's an adventure Yoda yeah. had once time, one that, this one time. Yeah. That might be fun. We don't know yet. And I know there's a lot of this, well, I, you know, Disney, Disney Lucasfilm's waiting to see what Solo does. They're waiting to see. I don't, I mean, yes and no, but I'll tell you, tell you what, I, I, I saw a lot of people really excited by the Solo trailer. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited for the Solo trailers too. And I know you are as well. And, and there's people who aren't, but I think more than, I was yeah. seeing more people. Going, oh, I loved it. Yeah, he doesn't sound like Harrison Ford. I don't care. So <laughs> I don't think I think we're gonna have a successful enough movie. We'll see. Time, time will tell, right? Yeah. But we're gonna have a successful enough movie that I don't. You're not gonna. There's nothing that's gonna happen that, to me that make, should make them go. Ah, cancel Obi Wan. Yeah. So it is weird to see these series of films and trilogies, and it's like, and we don't have a time frame on this. We do don't we? have a time frame on. Any of these. It could be five years before Benny and Weiss get to it. They have to finish season eight of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And start this. So, yeah, and then the two movies a year is, you know, all these kind of questions come up, too. And maybe that's really what a series of movies is about. Maybe they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, know, we know that you want someone to do Old Republic. Yeah. We want to do Old Republic. We want to do it on the big screen. Right. We don't know how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. You know, so this might really just be... Yeah. Nobody has any idea yet. Which is part of the criticisms we hear sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they should know, they don't know, but we're not in those meetings. At the end of the day, those are not our meetings that we're sitting down to. No. And checking Slack to see if they started, all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, it's exciting, and the TV shows are coming up behind it here. We got yeah. the Disney streaming services, what, 2019? Yep. I mean, late 2019, and then Iger saying, I got TV shows, and uh, we got some big names. Got some big names attached, big-time talent. So uh, the question, Joseph, how many animated live action? A lot of questions, because we thought we were getting 
one. Yeah. And in development is one of the more slippery words here <laughs> in Hollywood town. Uh, yes. Look, I live kind of yes. in the middle of Hollywood. I got a balcony. Yeah. I can go out on my balcony and I can do two things. I can watch people try to parallel park and fail. And yes. I can just hear the word development float <laughs> through the streets and echo off the hills. Development can be like, I convinced my agent to call some yeah. people for me. It's in development. Yeah. Or it can be like, we are making both of these shows. Yeah. Development's yeah. a real slippery it's term. It's a yes. It's it's a way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it could be. I I initially interpreted it as when yeah. he said multiple, he means we're making a live action and we're making a new animated series. Because why would we let either of those demographics go? But it could be like yeah. we're we have two competing teams yeah. doing live action, developing live action shows, and maybe we'll do one, maybe we'll do both. Which, oddly enough, is what Game of Thrones and HBO is doing right now with this prequel series. Right, because they have like 18 prequel series <laughs> yeah, in development, At right? least five, and, and they're going to play, uh, play, uh, play a contest. Yeah. See who wins. So See maybe wins. it's that. I think you're, what you're saying here is multiple means animated and live. Like if that's a, I, I actually would put money down on that. Yeah. They can't. We know there's going to be more animated series because it just works too well. Yeah, you know, it works too well. You know, that includes Freemaker Adventures. You know, that kind of stuff just works too well. Yeah, we need that. Yeah, it's a way for it's a way for the youngins in. Yeah. How do you feel though with live action Star Wars? We we've had uh, had this in our minds that this is finally coming. And I remember ten years ago or so, I remember that series was they're going to make a live action TV series, but it's fifty million an episode. Game of Thrones is like. You know, 80 to 100 sometimes, it seems. <laughs> now, it wasn't like that always. But I, I will admit something here. Oh, I'm wow. going to admit something. Okay. I love Clone Wars. I love Rebels. Uh, I don't watch Freemaker Adventures. I apologize. I The idea of a Star Wars live-action TV show has never 100% sat well with me. Ooh. Simply because, and I love Battlestar Galactica. All yeah. right. Love love Katie Starbuck, Katie Sackoff. Love it. <laughs> um. I, uh, you know, make some jokes about Babylon 5, but I'm not, I don't cast slings and arrows to them. That's undeserved. I I grew up watching Star Trek. I grew up all this stuff. I don't know how live action Star Wars on the TV each week or a streaming service is going to sit with me. This is a big me personally moment. I'm sure I'll love it. And with these big names attached to it. Yeah. That's intriguing. I don't know what that means. But, and obviously with Game of Thrones, I have no problems with big giant epic things on my TV box. Yeah. But it's Star Wars. It's yeah. the thing I grew up looking up at a big screen in a movie theater and and wishing I was in that galaxy. And I don't know if I'll have that feeling on TV. Yeah. I think that you will trade that feeling in for the time and depth spent with the characters. Okay. So, like, Last Jedi, when it was getting ready mm-hmm. uh, to come out and we were speculating vaguely responsibly. <laughs> uh, in the ballpark. We, it, and we ended up being in the ballpark that yeah. this movie is going to make time for longer conversations between mm-hmm. characters. Because go on and on about this. Star Wars built off the serial adventures. You know, out of the yeah. frying pan into the fire adventure. Race, race, race. Shoot, mm-hmm. shoot, shoot. Pew, pew, pew. Um, mm-hmm. And some Star Wars things slow down. Yeah. And take time for you to really know the characters. Mm-hmm. And that's what excites me mm-hmm. about this. Because we talk all this time about the rich philosophy that we get to kind of the tip of the iceberg stories of right. of the philosophy, the perspective, the cultures of all these planets, the cultures of all these different races. Yeah. And I'm excited to spend more time with that. Okay. 
you, you're winning me over there. I, yeah, I understand that. And look, uh, I'm, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's this is a tiny, tiny little in the back of my head. If I'm being honest with myself and the and the fluffy beard staring back at me in the mirror, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I I wouldn't mind if this was just on the big screen. Okay. I wouldn't mind it. Am I going to watch it? Yeah. Am I going to try to be an extra in the series? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, you're right, though. The idea of, of taking the time. We I, One of my complaints uh, of 7 and 8 is uh, there's bigger political things going on, and we're not we're not hearing it. We're not aware of it. Yep, and they're making the choice to not spend time on that, to, to not risk slowing it down. They slowed it down a little bit in Last Jedi for some history of Jedi failure, and that's great. And right. some nice, uh, you know, forced time calls with Ray and Ben. Right. But you know, I'm I'm everything now is going to be kind of this like, well, if they do this is the movie, then what are they doing? Is then like, yeah, I, I have no idea the era, but I still think they're going to do some element of political. Yeah, I, I think that would work for the live action. For the live action, the, that's the one where you have the room to do it. And I'm not saying there's not going to be a lot of action, right. but that the basis will be there's a crisis, there's a conflict. You got some room to do some like. Intrigue, intrigue. Uh, so let, let's have let's let's dive into this here. Maybe a little unplanned here in our little show. Uh, so let's say Benioff and Weiss are doing Old Republic. Okay, let's take that off the table for a TV show. And we know there's Star Wars Underworld, their thirteen thirteen type yeah. of stuff, which is still a strong possibility. What other television shows? We talk politically, so I think maybe prequel era. What would you want? What would, what would you think? That's a tough question. I think that we are in the place where we need to not get uh, too up in canon in terms of getting too close to things we know. So, like, mm. I wouldn't want uh, the politics leading up to the Galactic Civil War. Right. Because there are too many, like, well, you can't go here, or, like, well, Wedge can't be there at this time. Right, Where's right. Mon Mothma's hair doing this? Like, yeah. So I think you might need to go, if not in a different place in the timeline, a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason it couldn't be within the the huge political conflict in a star system. Yeah. Or two neighboring star systems. Or, like, maybe it's a tale from long ago about mm-hmm. a rivalry that we never knew about between Corellia and Alderaan and, like, a mm. culture clash between, you know, just these couple of planets rather than the whole galaxy. I, I think you're absolutely right. Like, as you're talking, I'm thinking, all right. Maybe a maybe a ten part series called Tatooine. Yeah, and it's just something that it's all on Tatooine. You know, I don't yeah. know. I'm just throwing it out there. Ooh. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You sparked and got. I an got idea. real excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because we saw just a peek of it into the Phantom Menace of the kind of assignments that Jedi used to be sent on before they get sucked into war. Oh yeah. So if yeah, Old yeah. Republic is war on the big screen mm-hmm. and the small screen of like Jedi. Mm. They, they are tr- they're kind of working with the politicians, but yeah. they have their own ideology, and they're trying not to use violence, but they still do have their lightsabers, and they yeah. can push people over railings with their minds. Not over railings, it's Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> Just push them off the thing. There's no railings. <laughs> uh, so, man, if you got to know yeah, like yeah. a Jedi who had a relationship with uh, a senator, not like Anakin and Padme, but like yeah. this professional thing where they both... Yeah, you know that, that Battlestar Galactica feeling where it's like you're intimately tied to the personal needs mm-hmm. of the person and how those personal needs affect this. Like, wow, there's no way I could ever go against my friend the senator, but I, the Jedi, yeah. believe 
this city will be destroyed if I don't do the one act in the world that will destroy my friend. Like those kind of small stakes that feel huge because we've got to know the characters. Uh, the, the Jedi Files, the Jedi Mission. The Jedi you know? Files, yeah. yeah. The Jedi Files, that, that, that would really work for me. That absolutely would work because then, then, then you could, if it's prequel era or leading up, like yeah. you said, before, before uh, which is kind of what I mean by prequel era too. Um, yeah, like, a hundred years before 100 Phantom years, Menace or whatever. A hundred yeah. years or even, you know, hey, you got ten years between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, maybe you play around. Yeah. Right? But again, it goes into... Some of your things about, you know, do you avoid Palpatine and right. Sheev? Yeah, because then know. is Yoda there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, get it earlier, get it before that. Um, you know, a young Mace Windu series? I don't know. I'd yeah. be on board for something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think something like that where there is the possibility of big adventure and excitement, uh, yeah. but the the tension comes from the smaller scale of true relationships. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're seeing in the comics, too, it, mm-hmm. it's executed... Generally, really well. The Lando comic's a great example. If yeah. that's a small little thing, there's not too much giant ramifications for the galaxy at all, though we see some stuff with Palpatine or whatever there. But that, that's a five-issue thing of just Lando in a, in, a, in a small corner of the galaxy. Yeah, and you know what detail was, like, so rich? I read it, and then it's like, uh, uh, Sarah was, mm-hmm. was cooking. I was like, can I tell you about Lando while you cook? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, sure. But uh, the detail that... They. This is spoilers for the comic mm. for, for people who haven't read it, but uh, you know he's got his professor, Ugnot Professor Buddy, yep. who used to do Jedi studies, and then just wasn't a professor anymore because he can't talk about Jedi. Yeah. They steal this ship, and Lando's like, "Oh wow, I think this might belong to Palpatine." And then they find all of these ancient Sith yeah. artifacts that shouldn't exist, and Lando's worried about like, "Oh, how can I make money off of it? Oh, a bounty hunter's coming for me!" And I yeah. just love that the Ugnot keeps going. But why does Palpatine have? Horrible, evil Sith artifacts. That's, <laughs> that's that, I think that's an important question, and no one is listening to <laughs> no him. Like that's the kind of canon stuff I yeah. love because it is that it, it's absurd, but it also ties into real world of like we, yeah. the audience, know. Yeah, he's a fountain of horrible evil. It, it, it's not direct canon. It is uh, you know you don't need Sheev there. Yeah, to deal with this. Yeah, that that might be right. Next, the more you think about it, I'm actually more intrigued by that than an old Republic series on TV. All yeah. right. So give that to Benny. I'm, I'm more on board that this now than I was this morning. Okay. Good. About that and doing old Republic on the big screen and having some fun within the star Wars galaxy on a small scale. And you, you know, I, I, I like, I love the ideas of anthology TV shows. Oh yeah. I keep saying, all right, game of Thrones, HBO, you're developing five separate series. Well, just make them all one season long and let me change every year. Yeah. Because I love the world so much that I could I could jump around. Now, maybe the, quote, general public can't, but I think there's so many rabid, passionate Game of Thrones fans. You could do uh, Robert's Rebellion one year, Dunkin' Egg the next, uh, Dance with Dragons the third season. It's, yeah. it's the Game of Thrones stories, whatever. So if it's the Star Wars stories, <laughs> you know? The Instead Star of Wars, a Star Wars story, yeah. the Star Wars the stories. Star Wars stories. Yeah. Star Wars story time. And, uh, I'd be happy with that. You could, you could, I'd, be, I'd be happy with that as well. So um, we'll find out. I mean, news, Iger's going to make it s- s- some announcement. It's going to slip at the cafeteria yeah. when Iger's pouring his coffee or something. Because <laughs> in, in 2019... It, it, that's around the corner. <laughs> I, this image that you've painted of him spilling his coffee <laughs> makes me think, like, what if instead of swearing, he shouted Star Wars secrets? Star Wars secrets? He, like, he stubs his toe. Oh, he's, he's, got, like, he's got Star Wars. Filoni's not doing animated things anymore. <laughs> ah, damn it. It came out. Uh, what okay. do you think for animated? Animated, now I, you know, my my dream 
Laura Senteca, Luke Skywalker oh, road yeah. picture idea. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But I, got, I was so excited about it, but I, I don't yeah. know if uh, if Mr. Hamill is invested. Yeah. Uh, not, that, that sounds, I don't mean uh, to sound uh, right. anything negative towards uh, oh, to Mr. Mars, Hamill. No, no, no. But it seems like maybe he's not itching to do like, yes, I want to do a regular series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... I think I do go to the way of uh, like the, the Mandalorian stuff. Okay, I yeah. think I do in terms of animated. Otherwise, you're going to have to do something similar with Rebels and create a, a crew, cast a character, yeah. something, and and on another adventure. And then when do you do that? Do that? Do that between Sith and A New Hope again? I don't know. Yeah, and it seems yeah, it's silly. I was thinking, why don't you do like a like an Ewok adventure show. That's I'm gonna <laughs> do res- all due respect to Jennifer. I'm gonna say no on that. I thought about. Yeah. I was gonna say it, and then I thought about it. Just have an entire 22 minutes of <laughs> subtitles. That wouldn't work. Maybe. Sorry. Maybe. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, you have any specific thoughts? I, maybe bounty hunter. Uh, maybe like a bounty hunter crew. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I am curious to see a little bit more of. Uh, the Galactic Civil War, but again, that's a kind of a canon minefield. It is. And, and look, I I love that time period. Like Solo, the fact that Solo might touch, get close to Rogue One, it won't get like we're not going to have Han walking into the cantina at the yeah. end of, of of Solo. But I'm okay with this time frame. I love the 20 years between New Hope. Uh, and Sith, I yeah. love that time period. I, I've just, I, I, I'm fine dancing with it, but I know a lot of people are getting tired, and the, and that the galaxy is bigger. Yeah, and I love my prequel era as well. So, something there. Do you go yeah. back to that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe you do set it. Uh, maybe by the time a new animated series gets entirely developed, uh, Episode Nine is locked down enough that it's safe to start really playing in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. But yeah. then there's the like the galaxy is relatively at peace. Yeah. So, what high stakes story do you yeah. tell? Maybe it is the uh, peacekeeping force from the New Republic. Yeah. You know, but you're right because the force was imbalanced for a time. All yeah. That so kind you can tell stuff. you can. I mean, there's still going to be bounty hunters. The galaxy still has its problems. It's, yeah. But yeah, it'd be like this week's drama. Brendel Hux doesn't know what <laughs> uniforms he wants for the First Order. Yeah. That yeah. Could, that could work. Uh, so. Interesting thing here, uh, website, comic book resources, uh, the least favorite web, web, website of Pablo Hidalgo, uh, next to Screen Rant, um, wrote an article about an R-rated Star Wars. And, of course, I think it's natural with uh, the GOT team uh, and a streaming service, which means uh, a little bit less regulations to deal with. How can an adult uh, uh, Star Wars go, and do we want that, and what do we mean by adult? Adult Joseph and and I have some thoughts here, but I want to see. I want yeah. you to lead off here. I I I am not convinced that that article was not uh, meant just to stir up a hornet's nest. Yeah, I think that was at least a part of the motivation of doing it. Yeah, and I don't see any compelling reason to do an R-rated Star Wars movie. I mean, uh, I, I made my joke tweet about Palpatine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talking to Anakin while he's burning in pain. <laughs> With his arms severed by his best friend after killing right. children and choking his wife. Like, uh, we've told incredibly dark mm-hmm. stories in Star Wars. We've just told them without super explicit gore. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just like you start breaking down, like, what, what's going to make something go R? Mm-hmm. Uh, swearing. Well, they don't, they don't use the F word in Star yeah. Wars. It yeah. probably doesn't exist. So right. you can easily just give them something else if you need right. them to really swear. Frack. 
Frack, that's fine. Yeah, the good old go go the frack route. Uh, then you got violence. Yeah, Star Wars has been really. Vi- I mean, Yoda decapitates yeah. those two. Yeah, you know, and then you give give to our kids as pillows. Uh, yeah, it's kind of endless. And then you got the sex, and like yeah. that's the one where I'm, <laughs> sex is where I'm most flexible. Ken, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with more implied sex. Like it, implied the, sex. Yeah. it's happened in the books. We're like, oh yeah. In aftermath, like people hear people yeah. banging up against a door. Great. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind that. I just never need to see yeah. anything more mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, uh, Ben Swolo's chest. You yeah. know, I, I don't yeah. need to see graphic Star Wars sex. I absolutely, you know, my mom would be proud of me here. I agree on all of those <laughs> things because I'm a fan of Deadpool, a fan of what they did love with Deadpool. Logan yeah. uh, connected with me. Uh, I loved all that stuff. Star Wars is not about that. It really isn't about it. I think Wendig tweeted something out. Some other people said the same thing. And we've said it here before. What is what is the core of Star Wars? It's, it's George Lucas creating a myth for 12-year-old uh, kids on the verge of adulthood. And yeah. our sex and violence and cuss words and all that stuff. Uh, I said cuss words like I was back <laughs> home. Um, is it... Is it part of the growing up? Yes. Yes, Yes. it is. Yes. But that's not what George set out to do. George set out to teach them big, sweeping moral lessons, warnings, where decisions can lead you. And that is Star Wars. And and I'm a kid at heart, but I also am an adult, so I should... I, I, I feel it is slightly, and if you're out there listening and you want an R-rated Star Wars, great, but just hear, hear me out. I think it's slightly selfish to say, I want a Star Wars for me. That's not what Star Wars is about. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I just think that every movie lately that has been a great R movie, like mm-hmm. Deadpool and Wolverine, yeah, that those are necessary to tell those characters. Right. That Deadpool is mm-hmm. profane. That is his character. Right. So you have to be profane. We were happy to finally get a Wolverine movie because the character, even in comic books that was pretty, that were pretty safe, is an incredibly angry man who has sharp claws as his main weapon. Right. These things make sense to be told R-rated. And yeah. until I see something in the Star Wars canon where it's like, ew, yeah, how could you possibly tell that story without, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. having the full freedom? Yeah, and there's nothing in existing Star Wars canon that I see that I want adapted. Lost Stars could absolutely... They yeah. have blatant sex in Lost Stars. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> it's my uh, favorite term now, blatant, blatant sex. Generso uh, too. Uh, yeah. And Rebel Rising. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I don't... But those stories can be told. I'd be fine if there's an episode here at the end of Rebels mm-hmm. where Kanan and Hera team up to mm-hmm. give Ezra the talk. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> but you don't need... An R rating to explore yeah. sexuality in Star Wars. Ezra, let, let me talk to you about the the bees and the gundarks here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and when and, a force owl loves a loath cat very yeah. much. And I hope I hope anyone listening out there here here here's understands where I'm coming from. Where it's just like this, this isn't those aren't all the lost, all the you know all year old twelve year old kid on the verge. All right, cool. You're gonna. You have good guys, you're gonna have bad guys, and you're gonna bang in an Ewok hut. Like, you know, just stop, 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 stop. And that was there. Shattered Empire, Kess Dameron and Shara Bay, uh, get oh, it yeah. on, get it on. And they wake up in the morning for a mission, you know? I mean, yeah. it's there. We know it's there. We just, uh, I, I think R rated Star Wars, it's just a. It's just a, it's just an easy, easy, easy direction to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not my choice there. Um, 
Joseph, uh, a lot of solo news in the inter- entertainment uh, weekly this week that we haven't had a chance to really follow up on. You have some thoughts on that there? Yeah. You want to lead us down that path? Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, there's a ton of solo news, and I think we can save it for when we're back with Jennifer to really yep. break down all of that news that came out. Uh, but the one that really grabbed me, and I wanted to ask you about it to have mm. just a sense of fun here as we, we wrap up this Force Center Reacts, is that the news that Harrison Ford did give Alden Ehrenreich guidance that he did also talk to Ron Howard and maybe even Kathleen Kennedy that suddenly Harrison Ford was willing to really go deep on Han Solo and chat with everybody and give him advice. So my question is, Ken, if you could get some guidance from Harrison Ford, what would it be about? It would be, uh, be careful what plane you fly, careful how you fly. <laughs> um, but if I am following, uh, you know, along with Harrison's career like I have been, I think it would be... Um, be serious about your craft. Uh, uh, sure, have fun. But I remember a story Greg Kinnear told on uh, uh, run-throughs on Sabrina. About 1995, they did the remake of Sabrina. It was Kinnear's first role. He'd been on E! as the host oh, of Talk yeah. Soup. And uh, he said they were going through rehearsals, and Kinnear's just sitting there in the back, and he's got he's smacking gum while he's reading the script. And Harrison Ford's in the room, and Harrison just stops everything and goes, Who is chewing gum? <laughs> and, like, he had to, like, spit it out. That's because Harrison's pretty serious and pretty dedicated, and I, I just have always... He's done what he's wanted to. Yeah. And he's good at being him. He's good at, you know... I think he's a g- good actor to a great actor at times, but, you know, he, he isn't... Uh, isn't Daniel Day Lewis? Yeah, um, but he's Harrison Ford. Yeah, and, which is what's hurting Alden Ehrenreich. So that's the advice <laughs> I would I would get is coming out of coming out of Solo or uh, coming out of A New Hope. Harrison said, "I'm my good. My career started. I'm going to go do what I want to do." And that's yeah. a, that's a valuable lesson in entertainment. Yeah, and he really has. Yeah, I think this is yeah. a weird thing I'd ask of Harrison Ford. I would ask him to sit in the passenger seat of my Toyota Yaris. Yeah, and I would drive him around Los Angeles. And try to get advice and let him tell me. Because I, I bet he's opinionated about driving techniques. Uh. About <laughs> routes, certain uh, routes or routes yeah. that you should take. And just things like exactly like when you should lean into the intersection for a left turn or not. And like, right. ah, like I, I got a secret for doing this. Like, I could see that. Yeah. Tell you how to read other people in other cars. Yeah. Like, ah, they, got a, they got a coexist bumper sticker. So I know what they're going to do next. Like, ah. <laughs> Get off my Yaris. <laughs> that could work. That could work. Yeah. You gotta, I, this, what do you think about this guidance? What do you think? Oh. What do you think he actually told them? I mean, and, uh, and, and, and follow up question. Do you think this only happened after Ron Howard came on board? Because he was like, ah, oh, my American graffiti buddy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I th- it sounds to me like he slowly got more invested because I think we yeah. do have uh, video footage. I was talking to Ash Crossan about this. Of like, yeah. There's an interview, I think, with Scott Mance, where Scott Mance is the one, first one who appears to tell Harrison Ford that a Han Solo movie oh, is really? happening. And he's like, oh, okay. I know there's one with Carboni with George Lucas behind him, and he asks him, "Are you gonna? Are you excited to watch Solo as a fan?" And Harrison says, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> not. Well, I think uh, uh, Harrison Alden had a lunch, mm. and I think I think he gave him some sincere, like, yeah, Here, here's you know what here's I think the, the character, character is about. Uh, yeah. But uh, then, yeah, it sounds like he just actually did talk to Ron, and maybe yeah. even was willing to talk to Kathleen Kennedy a little bit about." capturing the essence of this character which i and i feel like that that makes a lot of sense to me because he's he's grumpy about the surface thing he's grumpy about the like uh do you think uh han should uh, change from a plastic dl44 to a more advanced model uh, a d40 he's like "Ah." but you ask him about 
what drives Han Solo, then, you know, he starts to give yeah. quotes like the one he is of like, well, mm. he's an orphan, so he always wants people, but he always doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, that's what I mean. He's a, he is a professional actor. He, yeah. he takes it all seriously, which, which, uh, you know, Alden, I think is going to be all right. I really think yeah. it is. And, and I think, yeah. So I think Harrison absolutely has some valuable insight to give on, on the character. Cause you know, remember he's down, he, he tells that story of being, when he comes back to force awakens, Telling like JJ and the crew like buttons, get the buttons right on the Falcon because the cheap. <laughs> we didn't have the money to make the buttons in seventy five, seventy six, yeah. seventy seven. So the buttons didn't click. I want real buttons. Like he, he, <laughs> he, he, he he's he's in it. He's in yeah. it to win it when he's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think as he's gotten a little bit on Star Wars, that I mm-hmm. think he's a. Uh, they're appealing to his actor side. Actor. And, and the grumpy Han Solo disappears yeah. as a master thespian Harrison Ford emerges. Absolutely. That's not how the force works. <laughs> well, yeah, as you said, Joseph, a lot of solo news dropping this week outside of just those two teaser trailers. And we're going to be talking about that when we can get back with uh, Jennifer in the same recording studio. So that is look for that soon. And whatever other news, Bob Iger grumbles out <laughs> at some kind of conference call there. So uh, a lot to take in. We appreciate you guys going uh, with us on this journey as we work through our thoughts and and feelings on on the Star Wars news. It's always a good thing to have more Star Wars. And at the end of the day, Joseph, we're very happy that we're going to be dancing in the Star Wars waters for a long time. That's right. There is uh, there's no horizon. It's just more Star Wars, which is good. I'm happy for that. We give one of those Lando salutes and uh, launch ourselves. <laughs> into hyperspace that is it for this week this special force center reacts we have star wars rank coming up the main show databank brawls we got a lot of things going on here so you can follow us everywhere at force center pod on facebook we got the force center podcast page there like it there and uh patreon joseph we got a lot of good things coming we announced some goals recently yeah that's right we are very very close to unlocking the next goal to get even more theme music for one of our shows on the feed written by tony thaxton and the really exciting one uh, after that, our goal is to get Jennifer Landa creating a new show for the feed. She loves doing the Jedi beat, but it takes forever because she is such a professional and those are such incredibly well-made, handcrafted things. Uh, so she's got a kind of a, a lighter, fun show in mind that she's going to be doing every other Friday. And we're hoping to get to that goal soon because we all want to hear even more Jennifer Landa. Absolutely. She is uh, a valuable voice in the Star Wars talking community. So that is it. Also, check out our, out our tea public page. We got new T-shirt designs on the way. Joseph, we'll take a breath, talk more. But right now, I think we just need to take it in and enjoy yes. some Star Wars. That's it, guys. See you next week. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 